You are live on Get Connected. Andy Barrar here filling in for the one, the only, Mike Agarbo. Joined in studio with AJ Vickery. AJ, how you doing? One and only. <laughs> the one and only AJ Vickery, yes. <laughs> we got a fabulous show for you today. Later on, of course, we're going to go open line, take any of your tech questions or calls. We're also going to be talking to a company about cloud money. Imagine sending and receiving money through your smartphone. Well, there's a Vancouver company that's about to do just that. Christia, Christina Stoinovov will also be in studio with App of the Week. But first, let's talk about you, AJ, as a first-time parent. Believe it or not, there's an app for that as well. Well, you know, Andy, technology uh, just you know totally encompasses our, our lives, especially uh, as not only people that are interested in uh, technology personally, but also uh, in our profession. You know, it's what we do. We uh, eat, breathe, sleep technology <laughs> every day. So um, as you know, about uh, three months ago, uh, we had our first uh, baby mm-hmm. in our family, baby girl, Emma. And uh, I started to think about, well, what kind of technology um, are, you know, do parents look to uh, in order to uh, you know, bring a baby into the world, even pre and, and during and post and whatnot? And so um, We've looked at a number of different things. We did some pretty cool segments on the Get Connected TV show where we looked at some cool baby monitoring tools and some different things like that. But uh, I came across um, an app um, called New Nest. Yes. And uh, it was interesting because, and I won't, I won't give it away. We'll, we'll hear more from Jenna here in a second. Uh, but it was interesting because it really allowed us to uh, prepare and uh, be prepared, have lots of information, and also do some really interesting things once we had the baby as a new parent. Well, on the line right now is the co-founder of the New Nest app, Jana Stockham. She's a registered nurse and, again, the co-founder of New Nest. Jana, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on your show. I'm glad to be with you today. So can you just uh, tell us what is the New Nest app? Um, well, the app is um, it was created because parents in, started telling us they'd Google the answer to their questions, and if they saw the answer three or four times, they would then say it was trusted. And, you know, we knew that this was difficult for parents. Time's precious when you have a newborn. And even though they saw it three or four times, it didn't mean always that it was accurate. And we initially just thought we'd find an app we could recommend. And when we couldn't find one we were comfortable with, we decided to create our own. Um, It's really just designed to answer the many questions that new parents have. Well, what I really like about the app is once you sign up, you have to enter some data of your newborn, uh, the, the, birth, the date of birth, the, the weight, and then from there you can get a whole ton of information. What kind of information uh, can be provided for parents? Um, well, we customize the app so that once that parents enter the date and time of their baby's birth, the app knows the age of the baby. So the, the information they get, it's daily tips that come to them specific to their baby's age, but also specific to their feeding plan. So it can be used for twins, and it includes really everything, diapers, weight, feeding, what to expect, when to worry. Um, we included a whole all about mum section, so parents Moms know what, as they recover from childbirth, what's normal and when to worry. And our new, actually, update just included a whole all about baby section. So all the frequently asked questions, like jaundice, hiccups, burping, bathing, kind of the list goes on and on. Why don't you give us a little bit of background about you and your co-founding partner, um, you know, where you guys uh, come from, and, you know, ultimately, um, you know, what, you know, the reason why you did decide to build this app when you couldn't find anything else out there. Okay, well, we are, as you said, we're both registered nurses. Um, We're also lactation consultants. 
and we've been working with families for over 20 years in the community and when we didn't find an app that we could feel comfortable recommending we thought well you know I think we have something to offer here just based on our many years working with the families and we've really had a whole year of a learning curve we launched the app and um, our website cindyandjana.com um, about a year last May and so in the last year we've really listened to families we've asked for their feedback we've done different surveys and based on that feedback we've actually um, tried to make the app even better as um, each new update came so um, and it was interesting because I think um, uh, what the, our baby actually came premature. So we were um, in NICU for about thirty days, and 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 what I noticed when we were uh, in the special care um, uh, was that um, every single uh, poop was recorded, every single pee was recorded, uh, every single feed was recorded. Um, the um, you know whether or not she was on um, you know formula or breast milk or 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 whether or not mom was feeding her directly like all that information was recorded by the nurses in order to ensure and keep track of how the baby was doing and I just think like if we had our baby um, without the support of the NICU nurses and seeing kind of like how they were responding to all this information what was right and what wasn't right and whatnot um, it would have been like what do we do you know and I think that's why we talk about first time parents here like. Like I'm just looking at my new Nest app right now, and it's and one of the tips that comes up on the screen is you know at this at this age that Emma's at right now is it's not unusual for a baby to spit up a mouthful of milk. Keep a towel over your shoulder while burping your baby. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> I mean, as a first time parent, when you don't know anything, it's like it's like is my baby sick? It's it's you know what I mean. And those are the things that you worry about. But but I found um, within this app, um, what I found interesting is some of the other apps that I looked at were more singular in their purpose. Um, breastfeeding is a huge, complicated topic, and and so um, and there's apps directly in around recording. Um, you know how when you breastfed, which you know which um, boob that you breastfed from, um, left or right, sort of thing, and 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 how much the baby and how long the baby fed, were and all these sorts of things. What I found interesting about New Nest is you guys decided to put a whole bunch of tracking information together to kind of get a, a holistic picture. So everything from recording, um, you know, the baby's diapers, recording the breastfeeding, um, recording the sleeping, all these sorts of information. Yeah, well, there are certainly other tracking apps out there, and, you know, that tracking is important, especially for those babies born early and the early days of the baby's life. But we wanted to have more than just a tracking app. We wanted to put our experience and our knowledge. What have we learned over the last 20 years working with these families? What questions have we asked? And so we really tried to integrate the answers to those questions in the design of the app. So we just want parents to be able to feel confident and relax and just enjoy the baby because it is hard. There's so much conflicting information out there. The Internet is a huge world of, you know, information trying to sift through it. It's very difficult when you have a new baby and you're sleep-deprived and overwhelmed. So, Jenna, how long is, can this app be used? At what age does it work for for babies? Well, right now I would say that it really focuses on the first crucial weeks um, after a baby is born. We would love for parents to download it while still pregnant so that a lot of the, the learning can happen before the baby even arrives. Our plan in the future, we would love to have an app specific for babies born early. We'd love to continue to have the app expand for even longer. But really our specialty in our other jobs in the community is that first crucial weeks, so that four to six week kind of period, bringing the baby home when it's overwhelming. And how much does the app cost? 
Well, it's normally $4.99, but um, we put the app on a special promotional price of $0.99 cents today just for your listeners. So we hope that families will check it out. It's, um, it's in the App Store, and it's right now iOS, so it's iPhone, iPod, iPads, but we certainly want to expand to Android in the future. Well, Jenna, I want to thank you for coming on the show, uh, and I hope our listeners, and especially the first-time parents, try the app. Um, good luck to you and everything with the, with the new Nest app. Thank you, and thanks for having me today. That was Jana Stockholm. She's a registered nurse and the co-founder of the New Nest app for first-time parents. If you do have a newborn baby, you'll definitely want to check it out. We're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about cloud money, sending and receiving money through your smartphone. You'll listen to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You're back with Get Connected. Andy Barrar here filling in for Mike Agarbo, joined in studio with AJ Vickery. If you want to get that new Nest app that we just talked about in the last break, go to our, our Facebook page, Get Connected, to find out more information. You can just search in Facebook, Get Connected Media, and that should come up, and you can get a link down to the new Nest app at the Apple Store. And if you are just trying to spell it in the I, iOS Store um, or the Apple Store, it's just uh, N-U- U-N-E-S-T. That's right. N-U-U-N-E-S-T. Well, we're going to switch gears here and talk about cloud money, sending and receiving money through your smartphone. On the line right now, we have Alan Husajek. He's the Chief Operating Officer over at Entrust. Alan, thanks for joining us. Hello, Andy. Uh, just let's just start with having you give a Reader's Digest on what your company Entrust is all about and this whole notion of cloud money. Sure. Basically, Entrust is a Vancouver tech company, and we have developed a global money platform around this concept of cloud money. And basically, cloud money is digital cash. We're basically extending the convenience of physical cash through digital technologies. Well, it's kind of interesting because we've seen a lot of these different companies coming out. Of course, there's Square. Um, you know, we people talk about Bitcoin all the time. How is this different from all those other ones? Well. You're kind of talking about currencies and merchant services and so forth. We're kind of looking at a very unique angle. We're looking at physical cash. Uh, that industry has been basically existence since our human civilization and hasn't really seen the kind of innovation that it could have seen because it's simply embedded uh, into our everyday experience. So we're looking at this paradigm quite differently, actually, from most of other companies that are kind of more service-oriented. Um, yeah, so basically... With physical cash, everything is instant, everything is free. Uh, that's the main distinguishing factor um, from us, to, let's say, more merchant-centric solutions. So let's try to look at some real-world examples of how Entrust and this notion of cloud money could work on a day-to-day -day life. Can you give us some examples? Absolutely. Yesterday, uh, we were at Sunset Social at English Bay, and basically we sponsored an event uh, with partnership with our rival agency. And we brought the local food truck industry and uh, basically local citizens. And uh, together, via this um, initiative through our mobile app of uh, cash payments, uh, essentially, uh, people downloaded the app. Uh, they um, uploaded the money into the, our uh, cloud money system. Uh, they came to the event and basically transacted just like cash via this mobile technology. I can hear the listeners thinking right now, is this secure? Everyone's going to have security concerns, especially when it comes to money. How do you respond to that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, this is uh, regulated like a bank. We basically are looking at it from a very unique angle. We want to embed within the industry the way it works right now. Uh, we're looking at cloud technologies as an innovation agent. 
And basically, we have um, regulatory licenses, uh, FinTrack, MSB license, uh, Canadian basically licenses, uh, uh, like all other banks like HSBC, Scotiabank, and other Canadian banks, PCI DSS Level 1, uh, Visa, MasterCard, Amex compliance, 256-bit industry security. So, you know, rather than just hammering stats and stuff like that, it's yeah. basically regulated like a bank. And so, um, and so what we would do is we would literally, through our online banking or through our PayPal account or something like that, we would transact money into our, uh, into our uh, interest account? Yeah, basically, through your online bank, you would upload the money into your cloud. Yep. And once the digital cash is in your cloud, uh, you can use that cloud money uh, with our participating merchants. You can send the money to your friends. You can send the money overseas. Uh, it just gives you that instant convenience of cloud money, digital cash. And that's what I found interesting. So, so uh, for example, um, I with my mobile device um, to Andy's mobile device, if we both um, had that uh, account set up, I could literally give him five bucks. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's across, all across the table. <laughs> that's all. See, that's really cool because, yeah. like, again, that's what really segments us from other industry players. We're yeah. not looking from a merchant-centric model. Yeah. We're truly looking from a you know consumer-centric model. Well, there's other ways to transfer money. Uh, what are the costs associated with doing this? Well, it's all free. Again, digital cash, cash economy is free. So we built these services to really enable people through these beautiful cloud technologies. And, you know, obviously the natural question is how does our company survive? How do we make money? Uh, we basically have international uh, remittance programs, uh, 499 basically to send money uh, abroad, which is an industry changer, no percentage fees. So anybody that remits money, let's say the Philippines, knows that this is an incredibly competitive price. And also our 1% merchant account model, again, uh, no dongles, no hardware equipment changeover or anything like that. Just have your smartphone, you have our account, and basically you can transact via digital cash. And is it mostly web-based transferring then? Like for my device, I have a, a, a data account, and, and the, the Andy's device has a data account, and, or is it using any type of NFC or, or Bluetooth, anything? Yeah, it's basically the basic services through cloud technology, so it just works like your email. Yeah. Um, but we are utilizing all the hardware capabilities of geolocation and so forth, the sensors to the maximum effect where we can uh, basically streamline this experience as a frictionless economy. So let's go back to the remittance part that you were saying about sending money, say, overseas. Uh, $4.99 flat fee for any amount of money to transfer overseas, is that correct? Yeah, four ninety nine mostly abroad. Uh, certain markets go up to seven ninety nine, and that's basically the exception, but it's mostly four ninety nine. And uh, yeah, definitely, that's the service that that is core to our industry here. And I understand that you're going to be coming out with an app um, in August. Is that correct? Yes, we will. Um, it's going to be a new version of a streamlined app. It's going to basically have geolocation services, uh, neighborhood embedded. Um, basically, when you load it, you will be able to see uh, people around you that have that app, and you can just basically beam cash directly to them. Is this only going to be limited to, to Canada with the app, or is it going to be uh, released internationally? Uh, right now, we're doing a soft launch in Canada. So, you know, our vision, obviously, is to go international with this. Uh, but right now, our core market is here. We're looking to set up this ecosystem between the merchants and consumers, uh, get our model solidified for the international platform. Well, Alan, it is interesting. You know, I went to that Sunset Social event that you were talking about yesterday, and it was amazing to see all these people using cloud money to, to get uh, food from food trucks. It was, uh, it was pretty remarkable. You're starting to, 
a lot of people are starting to use it. Yeah, well, you know, the concept is so simple. It's about a two-minute explanation, a two-minute sign-up. So, yeah, they try it out. They like it. You know, they don't have to bring their uh, wallets to the beach anymore. They still have their smartphones. They obviously want to communicate all the time. So, yeah, for them, they liked it. It was just nice and simple. It is a very interesting concept. It's like having a bank in the cloud, and then you can just access money through your smartphone rather than, like you saying, having to carry traditional cash in your wallet. If people are uh, want to get more information about Entrust, where, where do they go? Entrust.com, so letter N, T-R-U-S-D.com, or just type cloud money on Google, and you'll be able to find us very easily. That's excellent. And you're also a Vancouver company. I know that you have a, there's a social element as well with Entrust. Tell us a little bit about that before we let you go. Uh, absolutely. Uh, a big part of our company is a be good ethical money philosophy of give where you live. And uh, 25% of our merchant revenues are donated to charities of consumer choice. And right now we have David Suzuki Foundation, BCSBCA, Dr. Peter Aids, and a few other uh, charities that you can check out online. A uh, big part of this initiative is this vision that, you know, financial industry money can be used as a force for good. And that's something that really, you know, amplifies the entire initiative. Well, Alan, I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking about Entrust and cloud money. Uh, what was the website once again? Entrust.com, cloud money on Google if you want to check that out. And we're also going to be at Sunset Social again uh, on August 15th. Uh, it's going to be in English Bay. And we also have upcoming uh, Chevron Summer Cinema Series at Stanley Park. It's going to be every Tuesday starting on July 22nd through uh, September 2nd. That was Alan Hustadek. He was the chief operating officer over at Entrust talking about cloud money. Well, after the break, we're going to go open line here on Get Connected and take your tech questions and calls. So I'll give the numbers right now. If you're in the Vancouver area, give us a shout at 604-280-9898. And if you're anywhere across Canada, 1-877-399-9898. 604-280-9898. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Your calls after the break. You're back with Get Connected. Andy Barrar filling in for Mike Agarwal this week, joined in studio with AJ Vickery. We're going open line now on Get Connected, taking your tech questions and calls. If you need some buying advice, well, we can help with that too. The numbers, once again, anywhere in the Vancouver area, 604-280-9898. If you're calling anywhere across Canada, the number is 1-877-399-9898. Our open line segment is brought to you by our friends over at Rome Mobility. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, to find out how you can save money while roaming in the U.S. with Rome Mobility. Let's jump to the phone lines here. We got Diana on the line. Diana, what can we do for you? Oh, hi. Well, I'm wondering if you guys would recommend the program Crossover for running Windows programs on a Mac without Windows installed. Uh, good question. A lot of people, AJ you know, are moving from PCs to Mac, mm-hmm. but there are some software that they still need to use with, um, with, with PC software. And I would ask in this case, is that um, your situation um, or is it um, that um, you're just more comfortable with the PC and you want to have that experience? Well, I'm, I moved from a PC to a Mac, yeah. but I want to run a Windows program yeah. on my Mac, yeah. but I have to... I guess have a program that'll yeah to to let you do that. Yeah, no. The reason I ask that is because um, um, 
uh, the, because the uh, the Mac computers, as Andy is saying, are becoming so popular, lots of people are are, are getting these MacBook beautiful machines, MacBook yeah. Airs, MacBook Pros, and whatnot. Um, and then you're and then when you get them, you you've got this new operating system for the first time that isn't Windows. And so the funny thing is, is most of the programs that you're used to using still run on the new one, and there's a learning curve to get used to it. So I did exactly what you want to do. I put Windows on my Mac so that I could use um, a Windows experience oh, when I was using my yeah. Mac. And AJ, what software were you using to I, do that? I didn't use Crossover. I used Parallels. Yeah. Uh, oh. But but they're similar. But but um, but then I had the full like you know Windows experience, and I could you know run Windows. What I found though, over about a four month period of time, I stopped using Windows altogether because the Mac operating system like when you go in and you start your web browser you do your email or you do your word processing or anything you want to do is actually um just as easy and so maybe even a little easier on the mac um without having to start up this other program to run the windows part of it but you know specifically about your question crossover i haven't i didn't choose that one particularly i went with parallels i can't say that it's it's better However, um, I think it's maybe more mainstream. Yes. I think oh. for the majority of people I know are using Parallels to, to run um, you know, win, or Windows OS on, on a Mac. But another thing you might want to try, and you're talking to the right two guys here. I use something called VirtualBox, and it basically allows me – I'm still – believe it or not, AJ, I'm still using XP, and I use it on my MacBook – I just love that operating system. It was so stable. And um, I use a, a program called VirtualBox to basically run um, a version of XP on my MacBook. So between those two, I've never tried Crossover myself, but uh, give Parallels a try first. That's probably the most popular one. It can be a little buggy, but uh, they're always putting out updates. So that's probably uh, our recommendation right now. But I'll, I would just finish off by saying, unless there's a particular program, for example, some accounting softwares mm -hmm. don't run on the Apple, the Mac operating system. Yeah. So, but unless there's a particular program that you need to run on your Mac, your new Mac, um, you know, specifically um, that won't run on the Apple, um, if 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 you don't have that scenario, I would say give yourself a 10-day challenge of setting up your email, browsing the web, you know, doing the things that you want to do um, on the Mac version and see if the Windows version is actually necessary. Oh, I need it for a genealogy program. Ah, there you go. Yeah, That's that, only that. made for Windows. Perfect. Exactly. For the most part, I think it, it should work. Uh, yeah, you'll need, to get the, you'll need to get the crossover, the parallels, or, or Andy's suggestion. Virtual box. The virtual box. Well, we hope it helps. Uh, we're going open line here on Get Connected, taking your tech questions and calls. We're going to go to Dave here. Dave, what can we do for you? Hey, guys. Uh, I've got a small business where I send out invoices every month, and basically I'm just trying to convert to broadcast email. Uh, now, I know that's pretty standard, but I've never done that. But um, uh, I know that should be fairly easy. But I've got um, all my billing system set up in uh, an Excel spreadsheet mm -hmm. with some macros built in to computate all the math and whatnot. Yep. Uh, but uh, is, that, uh, is that something feasible to do on a broadcast email? Instead of just doing an email, it's going to actually be taking information from each person's account. And it, I've got sort of an invoice page that's set up, and at the end of the month, is that, is that a way to... Because currently, if I just want to print singles, I can, I can email that, but I have to create a PDF, yeah. and it's all sort of done manually. But if I do that like 100 times, I would... 
yeah. should be forever. It takes, it takes a lot of time of, uh, of processing. What, what's the small business, if you don't mind us asking? Uh, it's construction. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, and have you considered? Um, um, uh, I love the. I love what you've done um, with the Excel, and 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 there are definitely more technical ways to get to feeding that into a broadcast uh, email system. I wonder though if you've considered going to a uh, financial software application that actually has some of those tools of of sending email rem- uh, invoice reminders and direct invoices to your clients. Uh, via email built right into it. Yeah, there are dedicated programs, um, but again, I've sort of used this system for years. Yeah, and yeah. It, <clears throat> there's an expense, and then there's the learning curve. But the um, um, yeah, yeah, without getting into those dedicated programs, I mean, even like QuickBooks, there's. Um, I find that they have. There's been problems where we can accumulate a whole bunch of jobs throughout the month. Yeah. And then just print one invoice at the end of the month. And I've yet actually to find someone that could show me how to set that up in QuickBooks. I do like QuickBooks, but. Um, well, I was just going to say there's what um, Sage recently came out with Sage One, which is an online based invoicing. And there's an invoicing only. So if you don't have to worry about like the inventory and all those other components, it's this application based right. online that you run off your, like, your iPad or your phone or whatever that literally just is around billing. But. And that's but, called Sage. Say, uh, S, they used to make Simply Accounting. Um, so, but it's just Sage One. That's so, the rebrand now, right? Uh, well, Sage One is a new product. It's just an online only, and it's specific. They have an invoicing only component to it, so mm-hmm. you can actually um, do some pretty interesting things around making sure that you collect those monies when you're busy working. But in the interim, um, broadcast email programs that would interface with Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. Um, Maybe what we could do is actually get your information after the call here and um, and get back to you because there's a few different um, pe- companies that I know of or applications that I know of that you might that might be worth checking out. Okay, sure. Dave, just stay in the line and we'll get the control operator to get your number and email and uh, we'll follow up on that. Okay. We're gonna have to take a break right now, but when we come back after the break, more of your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You're back with Get Connected. Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike Agarbo, and joined in studio with AJ Vickery. We've got an open line here on Get Connected, taking your tech questions and calls. Our open line segments are brought to you by our friends at Romobility. Check out getconnectedmedia.com to learn how Romobility can save you a ton of money while traveling to the U.S. on roaming fees. We're going to jump to the phone lines here. We got Jim. Jim, what can we do for you? Uh, I've been having uh, an increasing problem with uh, eye strain uh, caused by my computer screen, uh, especially when I start reading large amounts of information. Uh, My eyes get uh, itchy, sore, tired. Now, uh, I've bought um, this special um, orange-tinted kind of uh, computer-reading glasses, which uh, helps a little, but um, I know that there is also um, uh, like a privacy screen cover uh, that uh, you can get to put over this screen, because I see them using it uh, at my bank, and I've tried to buy one of them at uh, all the electronics stores, but they won't sell me one. They don't have one uh, available uh, any idea where I could get something like that? Great question, Jim. You know, a lot of people, we spend so much time, AJ, looking at screens that, uh, you know, our eyes get sore, they get itchy, they get dry. 
Um, Jim, the the uh, glasses that you got, is it from a company called Gunner? I beg your pardon? The the glasses that you bought with the yellow tinge on it, is it from a company called Gunner? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I've got the uh, package here. It says VisionCraft. Okay, what I'd like you to do is go online and check out for a company called Gunner. That's G-U-N-N-E-R. Oh, yeah. They make glasses for basically viewing computer screens, and they do have that yellow tinge. And basically, it, it prevents all that white brightness to, um, from, from affecting your eyes. It's something I use, but what I found is I use it so much on the computer screen that when I leave the computer, I actually prefer to have them on at all times because I'm, I'm so used to them now. You know, I forgot that you're even wearing I mean, you're wearing them in the studio right now, yes. and you're not even looking at the screen. But, uh, but uh, No, it's just because sometimes after um, using the computer, I would, I would take them off, and I'm like, wow, everything's so and bright. And are they corrected for your um, for your um, Well, these eyesight? ones, you can get prescription ones, okay. but uh, I did have laser eye surgery, so oh, I didn't right. need that. It uh, was I noticed after I had the eye surgery that I was really sensitive to light, so having these glasses have really... Um, enabled me to, to look at screens for longer period of times. Now, Jim, to your question about the, the protective screens, head down to a, a local London Drugs and see if they have one. Um, they have an excellent online store as well, so if they don't have it in store, they might have it there. Well, If they don't have it, your next bet is Amazon. I know that they'll have just about anything. And um, those screens, yes, they, they basically do take a lot of the brightness away and reflections uh, and glare. So that might help. Between that and a pair of glasses, that uh, should be able to help you. So uh, I hope that helps you out on, the, on that front. And I'll just run through a couple of um, um, just you know recommendations that you might have in general for, for eye strain because it is a thing that a lot of people and potentially a lot of our listeners actually go through. But um, you, know, you want to rest your eyes and also take frequent breaks. You don't want to get stuck in front of that computer um, for long periods of time. However, sometimes that's not possible, especially if you you know work in front of a computer um, all day long, but actually um, using um, you know um, adequate lighting as well, you know, um, is is something to consider. Uh, reducing the glare on the screen is 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 a good way to do it, which is why we're talking about these anti-glare screens that there are yeah. privacy screens that that um, that we've talked about here, and you know potentially upgrading your display if you're if you're still and I don't think this is our particular caller situation, but if you're using an old CRT monitor, you might actually see a great benefit from moving to something like a modern LCD screen um, and whatnot. So just a couple of recommendations out there for any other <laughs> listeners that, that might be experiencing the same thing. But I like your recommendation, Andy, the Gunner glasses. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty great. Yeah, they're pretty cool too. And they, they, don't, they don't look that bad as well. Hopefully they, that helps you out, Jim. Uh, We're going to jump to the phone lines to the next caller. We got Pat. Pat, what can we do for you? Hi. Um, what are your thoughts about my TV problem? I talked to you guys a while ago when the di digital boxes came out for the TVs, mm -hmm. and my TV was crashing on me, and so you told me to unplug the digital box. I did that everything else. Fine. And now after, I don't know how long we've had digital boxes, in this hot weather, my TV does the same thing now. It's just crashing. And I, you know, sort of do a reboot, unplug everything, and it sort of lasts for another, oh, maybe 20 minutes or so, and it dies again. What are your thoughts? It's a great question. AJ, you know, TVs emit a lot of heat. Oh. Like the ones we have in studio, we have a four TVs to create a, in a wall. And I remember you and I were fixing it one day. We were on top on a ladder, and I couldn't believe it was like a sauna. The heat was amazing. Coming and out and we've been that. actually turning those TVs off in the summertime as well because of, of the heat that it's producing. Mm -hmm. And... Like she was saying, Pat was saying that you can have a lot of problems with that heat, just like 
traditional computers, you need to keep them cooled down, and that's why computers have fans in them, but televisions don't. No. No, I mean, all I can think about is airflow. But in general, there's definitely a technical issue here. If the TV's like literally, if the, if the TV's shutting down, um, there's 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 a technical issue here. And if it if it's outside its warranty, um, you know, the, the question becomes, should I get it looked at yep. and and actually have it pulled apart to see if there's some sort of transistor or something inside that's not quite that's that's failing in the heat these things can be fixed for inexpensively but you know you got to take it out of your house you got to cart it down there you know there's usually a base minimum minimum fee for anyone to look at electronics these days i would say usually around 150 dollars um you know and then you look at brand new tvs and you get 40 inches for like 700 so it's it becomes a very difficult question but airflow is important and typically, if you're if you have a plasma television, they they consume more energy and more heat, so that might be one of the issues. One thing you might want to do, Pat, is to go online, punch in the number of your television model and heat, and see if anyone else has had issues with it and how they resolved that problem as well. We're gonna have to take a break, but when we come back, Christina Stoinova is gonna be joining us with App of the Week. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You're back with Get Connected. Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike Agarbone, joined in studio with AJ Vickery, and now Christina Stoinova with App of the Week, my favorite segment, by the way, for the show. Christina, what do you have for us this week? Uh, this week, I have a new app. It's called Gusto. It's G-U-U-S-T-O, um, and it's available on iOS, so you can get it at the App Store for free, and it allows you to actually send gifts to your friends or coworkers or whatever for restaurants, things like a dessert or a drink. Um, just via this app, you choose the gift, like a dessert, for example, and the value, and then they can redeem the gift at any participating restaurant. So that's pretty interesting. How do you pay for the gift through the app? Um, it works with your, of course, with your credit card, um, but there are no transaction fees or anything. So it makes it really easy to do that remotely. Say you're missing a friend's birthday dinner, you can still buy them dessert remotely and send it to them. Or, or like a, a shot in there. Yes, or a shot, Andy. <laughs> and you send a drink over to a uh, You can, and you can actually reward your employees as well this way, AJ. I'm oh. just saying, buddy. <laughs> So this app, does the person receiving the gift have to have the app as well to, to receive it? Yeah, so they do have to have the app. Um, but you know what? I think that once it takes off right now, the participating locations are not that many. But I think as people start jumping on the bandwagon, this could really take off. It's sort of like the social gifting and every week when we do the app of the week, I look at my, uh, I jump onto my Android and I look up the app to download it. And unfortunately, I don't see Gusto for our Android. I just said, AJ, it's just on iOS. I, so I can't <laughs> send you a gift. Well, there are other ways. <laughs> Good one, AJ. So uh, again, how do you spell that? It's Gusto, G-W-S-T-O. Gusto. And then how much is it? It's free on the App Store. Free on the App Store. Definitely got to check that out if you want to give a gift to somebody. AJ, speaking of apps, I know you've been using the LifeLog app by Sony for their smart band. What do you think? Uh, well, it's interesting. So this is part of the whole wearable tech thing. I've got my uh, my Google Nexus phone, and, and I've been wanting to try more and more wearable tech as that's become more popular. And um, so I'm trying out LifeLog, the app, uh, with, uh, like you said, this, the, the band 
from Sony. And um, it is interesting. Like, it's actually kind of a bit freaky because whereas I thought this was just going to tell me how far I walked every day and, you know, maybe how many calories I was burning, you know, and whatnot, especially going to the summer, got to tighten up for the beach. Uh, this app goes a little bit further um, because it does integrate with the phone and the operating system. And as long as you release all the per- um permissions it uh, it tells me how many calories I'm burning but not just from walking it actually records um, how much time I slept yep. uh, daily it records how many photos I've taken with my mobile device because you know you burn calories taking photos it records how much time I spend listening to music watching videos playing games reading books um, and browsing the web like basically anything I'm doing on my phone it's recording as part of that activity uh, which I think is is kind of kind of creepy but uh, but at the same time, um, uh, somewhat interesting as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I had a chance to try out that app, and it is kind of freaky. Like you said, it shows like a human being walking. And if you like, say, run in the morning, and at, during that time that you ran, if you if you back the app up, it'll actually show your guy a little running over, yeah. running around. And then when you start reading, it'll even tell you what apps you were opening, yeah. what kind of apps you were reading from. Like it is a fantastic app, but like you said, a little creepy because you get so much data, and it's a perfect name for the well i'll take two seconds and just say though walking away from my phone it tells me when i've left it somewhere and buzzes me that was just amazing and that's cool and if you (laughs) receive a call the the bracelet will actually start vibrating as well so it's good if you don't have your phone on you but it's close by and you can see uh who's been calling you well that's all the time we have this week mike agarwalt will be back next week on get connected and be sure to go to our website triple w get connected media.com for the contest and all the information. That's all the time we have left. We'll see you next week.